All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode seven of the Success Free Show podcast, the only podcast dedicated to success in life and in sport. I'm joined, as always, by Riley Presnell, who's already cracked her can because we're a highly caffeinated conversation. Just like a little side joke there. Today is the topic of is your opinion really yours, which was kind of cool because we wanted to speak on influence and we wanted to know how people are affected. And that's something that often happens in our social media culture where you see somebody else's opinion and take it on as your own without actually doing any research of your own. And you form a very strong and emotional opinion based on something that you really have no idea about anything. Before Riley talks, just an example of that. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here. <laughs> you love Lifter X. Lifter X hates Lifter Y. Lifter X says Lifter Y is an asshole. So you're like, yeah, Lifter Y is an asshole. Yet you've never even met Lifter Y on your own. You've never had a single conversation with her, but you're a big fan of Lifter X, who you've probably also never even met, but you follow him on social media. Therefore, you hate Lifter Y because Lifter X does. That's not your opinion. So Lifter X has influenced you to believe a certain thing without ever actually doing any self-discovery of your own. You are, in essence, a sheep. But that's okay. <laughs> Lift, uh, Lifter X kind of sounds like an asshole. <laughs> Have you met him? Or are you just listening to Lifter Y? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, well, I'm just basing off of your, your influence here, right? Seriously, so right? Lifter X sounds like an asshole. Well, you know, you never really know someone's personalities or opinion. Not everyone is meant to get along or understand things. And this really comes down to so many more things besides just sport. This can come down to financial opinion, political opinion, religious opinion, uh, morals, what's good, what's right, what's wrong. You know, we should always be having critical thought and what's important to us and self-discovery instead of just blindly following along with somebody else's opinion. It's okay to seek out information. It's not necessarily okay, in my opinion, to follow along blindly without doing any self-discovery or research of your own because that's not really your opinion, that's somebody else's. And you've just basically given that person all the power they ever want over you and can tell you what to do and what to say and how to act and how to be without ever choosing your own identity because you're influenced by that person. Yeah, well, this is essentially like cognitive dissonance, right? To where you you just seek out information that reaffirms your old information um, and reaffirms what it is that you believe. So you follow people that are exactly like you. You um, you base your life around people that you like look up to or you base your friend group off of people that only agree with you rather than people that... Uh, will challenge your thinking. Uh, we won't get into like religion or politics in this because that's a big like no for me. I just won't get into that. It's taboo. <laughs> I just I just won't because people are way too emotional when it comes to those things. And generally can't accept someone else's viewpoint if it's not exactly theirs. Um, but I can actually speak from the lifting kind of perspective that we talked about, like lifter X and lifter Y. I can actually kind of speak on that from... I feel like we're in high school algebra. Yeah. <laughs> if X equals Y, how do you find Z? <laughs> uh, solve for X, please. Yes. Uh, I can actually speak on this from personal experience because I feel like when I came into the sport, I was pretty heavily influenced by specific people. And, you know, it is, it's partially my fault as well as the other person's because in the beginning, rather than seeking out my own information or getting to know people that uh, weren't being, I wasn't being told that were bad or something, uh, I didn't do those things. Like I didn't seek out brand new information or I just blindly like decided that I didn't like someone because my original friend group in powerlifting didn't like them. And that's my fault for doing that. Um, I've learned a lot recently that people are definitely not what they seem to be online. 
majority of the time when you meet someone in person, they can't live up to who they pretend to be on the internet. And that's a big, uh, that's a big red flag for me in general. Like I don't, I don't like to align myself with people who have to pretend to be a certain way online, but can't live up to that in person. But it is crazy to me how people can be so influenced by someone that they've never met. You know, like you're scrolling through their social media feed and Lifter X tells you that they hate this thing because it's stupid because of this reason. And you're like, yeah, I hate that too. But you had, you never hated that. You never thought about that before. You never took that viewpoint before until you read that caption or you listened to that person's video or whatever it is that they posted. You read that and you're like, yeah, me too. Why, like, why do we, why do we do that? You know, you can, you can like someone and you can respect someone and you can look up to someone who doesn't have all the exact same thoughts and beliefs that you do. If anything, that makes you better. Like I'm always looking for something we were just talking yesterday about, um, taking like mentorship classes and how I'm interested in a lot of mentorship classes because I'm interested in what other people have to say that don't directly align with what I think, because that's how you challenge yourself. That's how you get better. That's how you improve your way of thinking because someone can teach you something that you never thought of before and it like wildly impacts your training or your coaching or your business or whatever. But then you can also learn something on how not to do it as well. Like, you know, this thing didn't work for this person, so this won't work for me. Or, oh, this thing worked for this person, but the way that I would have to apply it isn't feasible for my training, my work, my whatever. So I think that it's important to always diversify your feed, basically. So your social media should be diverse. Your reading should be diverse. It should not all just reaffirm what you already think and give you that cognitive dissonance. I'm going to crack open this cotton candy bag. I don't think you need it. I need it. I mean, I don't need it. I want it, but (laughs) I deserve it for me. But I'm going to crack open and get the caffeine going. He deserves it. So I can dig into this because you brought up an interesting topic that not all influence is positive. And we all, if you've paid attention to seven episodes, now you know how much I love different quotes, but there's the quote that the only difference between a genius and a fool is a genius learns from the fool's mistakes. And one of the big things we were discussing when we were discussing things about this topic in this podcast is how much we've learned what not to do by certain what you can use the word negative, but negative influences versus positive influences. So you choose to not match behaviors or attitudes or tone or opinions. And often we are assuming that everyone who influences us influences in a positive way. We did ask a question on our story, who has influenced you the most and why? And everyone who responded for the most part, I believe, responded with a positive influence. And when both of us talk about it a little bit, the first thing, one of the first things we brought up was a negative influence who taught us how not to be, which was, I thought was interesting is, is not necessarily we're different or better than anybody else, but we had a different perspective of, you know, somebody who influenced us tremendously had influenced us in a negative way. And we wanted to make sure that we did not emulate that behavior and we were better than or different than or cared more than that person or that influence. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to understand what influence is. And it's someone who can guide, shape, or mold your actions or behavior. And they can have a lot of power over you if you give it to them. And that could be positive or negative. That's subjective. But you, know, you have to decide how to use that influence. So like Riley was just talking about, she was looking at certain mentorship programs that are related to her field but not necessarily in her field because it would create critical thinking skills Mm -hmm. which would help her in her necessary field. And that's really the key is are you critically thinking about the subject? Are you critically thinking about the topic? And how is it something that's going to move you further along towards your individual goals? Um, 
for simplicity's sake, someone, especially in powerlifting, everyone can relate to this. You know, everyone's like, box squats are terrible for the raw lifter. It's like, okay, so that's someone's opinion. And for the majority of opinions, that's true if you're taking it out of context of box squats done to the multiply geared style of sitting all the way back, sitting wide stance because we don't squat that way. We don't come out of the hole with our hamstrings and glutes that way. It's a different pattern. But maybe you're using box squats to learn position, tempo, pattern, stability, whatever, and you have a different pattern. You're matching your own box squat pattern. So it can be used as a motor patterning tool, a teaching tool, not a building tool. So it's always subjective. But if you just took it out of context with box squats for the raw lifter sucks, well, then you're right because that's just basically the context. But there's deeper thought that can go into that. I'm just using that for simplicity's sake. There's so much deeper thought as, and always we talk about this, what's the intent? What are you trying to achieve? And if you just remove something entirely, we see this in nutrition. Carbs are bad. Why? <laughs> Why are carbs bad? We need no, carbs. they're not. Our brain runs off of <laughs> glucose. How could that possibly be bad for you? But an excess of carbs could be bad for your weight loss goal or maybe you're having terrible carb choices and you're crashing and your mood sucks because you're living off of simple sugars as opposed to things that are going to help fuel you throughout the day or maybe that are fiber filled that help you sustain throughout the day. You know, it's, it comes down to the choices. So influence can be very, very dangerous if things are bucketed together into one thing. So fats are bad. That's what I'm, I'm old enough to remember the eighties when fats are bad. So they use margarine. Well, it turns out margarine was 10 times worse than actual like butter fats. You know? <laughs> and there's some good things that it can be in butter fats. Um, it's, it's what do you individually need? What do you individually believe? What do you individually want to accomplish? And not blindly listening to a blanket generalized statement because that's what influence does. If somebody of significance and importance makes a generalized statement, 80% of the people who follow that person are going to believe it. 20% might say, no, I have a different opinion. And the ones who really get the most out of it between that 80 and 20 are the ones who research it further and craft their own thought about it. You know, how can I apply this in a way that I need to, or it helps me? Yeah. Critical thinking is definitely lacking. I feel it's because it's kind of because we're told what we should be thinking essentially. Like when we get on social media, like we're told what we should be thinking. Obey. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Sorry. We watched They Live last lot. I'm introducing her to eighties movies and Roddy Piper in the movie They Live. That was like the big theme is we were being programmed by an alien culture. Fantastic movie. You should watch it. Okay. You're not, you're not, you're not introducing me to eighties movies. You're just introducing me to eighties movies. I didn't know. That's her opinion. I'm not influenced by it at all. <laughs> um, but, you know, like even when you get on social media right now, you know, you you open it up and the first thing that pops up is like vote. And like granted, you know, exercise your right to vote or whatever, but you're told being told what to think as soon as you get on social media. The first post that you read is telling you what to think or it's setting the tone for the rest of your scrolling. Uh, same thing with whatever story that you watch. But what Trevor is talking about is like application is really key mm -hmm. here. And, you know, he gave the really simple excuse, or, uh, example of box squats, which like... I don't find box squats super effective, but they actually are effective for me. Like right. Specifically, like we found out um, recently that box squats in my normal stance um, with the touch and go style where I'm maintaining, ten maintaining tension on the box is really helpful for me because I tend to lose my tension in the hole when I come back up. So like box squats are beneficial to me. I'm not a geared lifter. Um, so anyone that's saying that box squats are the devil is not applying it where it's necessary. As hard as they feel for you, you might actually agree they are the devil, but it's the devil you need to know. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're awful. Um, but also with this is I think that people get the difference between inspiration and influence a little oh, bit that mixed was a up. Key. That was huge. Yeah. We talked to, we, we kind of talk about these episodes a little bit on our walks just as to prepare kind of for what we're going to say, but you know, influence and inspiration are 
quite different, right? Um, so influence is going to be that someone actually molds and shapes your thoughts, your beliefs and everything into a new type of way. And inspiration may be that you watch like a motivational powerlifting video before you go lift and it like really gets you motivated, driven, hyped up to lift heavy. That's more of like inspiration, right? Um, where influence is actually something where if you thought one way and then you took someone else's influence, it shapes you to think one totally different way. So I think that's what get, gets lost with these answers a lot is that people are just saying like, oh, you know, my favorite sports ex-lifter, uh, whatever, football player, whoever, you know, they, they influenced me. Well, did they make you think any differently or did they just make you want to lift better? Right. You know? That was one of the answers that came through. Somebody had mentioned, uh, actually I actually have here, Brian Alarouche. And let me see. Somebody had mentioned Brian Alarouche and Steve Gentile. They're the definition of discipline, perseverance, and grit. And that's not necessarily influence. That's not a wrong answer, but it's influence. It's inspiration. You know, both of them had overcome significant health issues and are still lifting. That's inspiration. That is not influence. They, you know, if you chose to lift exactly as Brian Alarouche did, that would be influence. If you followed his exact program, his exact style, he has influenced the way you train. But if the fact that they've overcome some significant health issues and that inspires you, that is inspiration. It's a little bit different. They're closely related because sometimes people who inspire you end up becoming your influencers because you follow them, you learn from them. You understand them, but it's not actual influence, it's inspiration. And influence doesn't always have to be that you think exactly their same way. Like uh, in psychology, you know, Freud is the like is looked at for most psychology uh, information. And he had a very unique take on things. And he had a lot of understudies. And you know, like there are other psychologists like uh, Skinner and uh, Adler who maybe took inspiration from him but they weren't and they were slightly influenced by him but they were able to create their own type of thought process behind psychology so that's a way that influence can be positive too is that you're not just necessarily blindly shaping your thoughts into someone else's like these other psychologists saw freud and were like this guy's crazy he has a lot of really weird takes so they developed their own based off of what they didn't like about his so I think Trevor mentioned earlier that influence doesn't always have to be positive or negative. It can kind of just exist as well. Right. And I, I had a coach reach out to this morning. One of the things when I woke up, there was a text message from a fellow coach asking about how I structure my day. He's really struggling with it. And so I wrote out literally my entire day, hour by hour, and how I put things together. And he was really appreciative. And he's like, man, that makes so much more sense. I can probably follow something similar to this and just with my own structure. And that would be more of influence. I influenced him to organize and structure his day. He was inspired by how much I got done. So you see how they tie together. Your inspiration often becomes your influence over time if you follow along. But that was just an example of somebody needing direction. And I was able to influence how to direct his life in a way that was more productive for him and so forth. Whereas inspiration, we get a lot of letters of, it's so great to see you lifting. It's so great that you show your, miss, your misses and your makes and your highs and your lows the whole nine. That's more inspiration. You know, it's a little bit different. But I want to talk about negative influence specifically because that's, that's something that was big on your part. Because, you know, you just did a podcast. You did the Trigger Warning podcast. And they were talking about how you learned so much in a short period of time. And you kind of touched on that, that once you realized your initial influence probably influenced you in a negative way you sought out information from so many other sources where you were kind of shielded from that initially mm -hmm. and that exponentially increased your growth you know in a short amount of time because you began to look for so many other sources instead of just trusting one blindly yeah. you want to speak on that real quick yeah so you know i came into the sport learning conjugate specifically 
which I still love conjugate. I think it's great. Once again, application is key. Please do not uh, be a jerk about it because any modality will work as long as you apply it in the right way. So when I came in, I was taught one specific way of conjugate. And I was also taught one specific way of uh, how I should view powerlifting, right? Which was very, it was a very dogmatic approach by the people that I was brought into powerlifting by. And it was very negative. Um, it was kind of like, it was it, it's like that old school, like, if you're not bleeding and you're not in pain and you're not, you won't die for this kind of like really dogmatic dramatic uh viewpoint of what powerlifting was then and it, i get accused of running a cult yeah. <laughs> it was just it was just very like like we didn't like we didn't like certain people because of x or we didn't do this because of x and i wasn't really super super strongly influenced to ask a lot of questions or if i did ask a lot of questions um i was kind of met with like blase answers that didn't kind of that didn't answer it at all. So because I wasn't getting the education that I want, and I'm a very like naturally, um, naturally like sought out for education type of person. Like I always want to understand, like I just, I like details and I want to understand the whys or the hows of things. So I just started looking things up myself and, you know, I would, the, the resources that are available to you are what is on Instagram or like elite FTS or, you know, like I can Google scholar things, but powerlifting is such a small niche kind of sport that there are not a lot of scholarly articles based off mm -hmm. of powerlifting. So I would look at like weightlifting things or CrossFit or whatever was more accessible. And I would kind of try to make sense of it into how it would apply to what I'm doing. And I also just kind of stopped listening to like the people that I'm not supposed to like, like, you know, like, oh, you're not supposed to like this person. Like I didn't, I didn't care anymore. Like that wasn't that's that's not I don't I don't want people to dictate yeah, who I do or don't, don't like. Don't have to be my enemies just because they're your enemies. Right. So in the beginning, I had to do all of my own type of research or um, get, like gather my own information in order to feel like I could grow, and I feel like that really really helped me gather as much information as knowledge as I have now. Because I mean, I'm three years into the sport, like a year and a half into coaching. And I've amassed a good amount of clients just from my own research and my own, you know, seeking out my own information, asking questions to people that do things differently than I do. Um, you know, like Trevor and I both live in the same house and we both coach and I still do things relatively different than what he does. Like I still program conjugate and where he like prefers more linear and block. Like I'm not just, you know, taking what he knows and just applying it blindly to what I do because that's, that helps no one in the long run. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn how to critically think, which is super, super important. But from my past experiences with coming into powerlifting, it really did teach me what I don't want to be or how I don't want to come across. And I feel like that for me is a little bit more valuable than just being taught all of the positives of what I should be doing. Um, you know, my my quote unquote career with powerlifting maybe a little bit differently if I had started off more positively, but I definitely don't think I would have taken the initiative to find out as much as I did on my own. And I may not be as far as I am if I hadn't learned how not to do things at least a thousand times before I figured out how to do the right things. Yeah, hey, you're going to learn how to do things your own specific way. And that's one of the things I always joke about. Like the worst question I get when I put up a Q&A box is what powerlifting book should I read? And I was like, none. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be influenced by people who are repeating the same cycle. I want to be influenced by people who are outside, fresh eyes, fresh vision. Uh, I love to read about from strength conditioning perspective. I love, like you mentioned, weightlifting, CrossFit, powerlifting, bodybuilding. I love different aspects that have a parallel as far as strength training. 
And same thing with business and the whole nine, you know, just because they're not in the same business doesn't mean I can't apply the principles of their business to my business. Mm -hmm. And the same applies with strength training. When you have strength conditioning coaches who are working with $100 million athletes, they have to be very precise and they have to understand things. They understand systemized and stress management and what is the hierarchy of needs of that athlete. And that's why I like to look at that. We're all going to bench, squat, and deadlift and powerlifting. We're all going to do some variation of high bar, close grip, and maybe opposite stance or a block pull and so forth. But what are the things that the athletes not understanding? Because if I'm working with a powerlifter, they understand powerlifting terminology. I don't need to read yeah. more about powerlifting programming because it's 50 years of redundancy. I need to understand of how to coach, how to relate, how to communicate to an athlete. Because when you're a football player who's in the strength training room, he understands the X's and O's of the football field. He understands his playbook. He doesn't understand dynamic correspondence of movement to the field. He doesn't understand gym terminology the way a powerlifter would. So I need to be able to learn how to cue and create and teach from that perspective where they're not working with a lifter. They're working with a football player mm -hmm. or a basketball player and teaching them how to be a lifter in the weight room. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm like, don't, don't read powerlifting books. You're going to waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to a powerlifting meet and have buy me dinner. Have conversation with me after me you're gonna learn more in an hour or two hours of just having dinner with me than you would any freaking book because i read all the books and they're all redundant it's repeating the same thing because the principles are the same regardless but how you apply them and how you teach them that's the nuance of coaching yeah and I, that's how i like to be influenced i think people forget how specialized powerlifting actually is like you know everyone hates on um uh, athletes like in the NBA or the NFL and they're like, oh, they're not, they're not squatting to depth. And they're it's like, why, do, why do they, <laughs> they don't need to, they don't need to squat to depth. They need to move laterally yeah. fast. They need transverse to, planes, different yeah. level changes, you know? So like leave those athletes alone. They're getting paid way more than you. <laughs> like they're getting paid to do a sport really, really well. And you're getting paid nothing for power. So just like leave them the fuck alone. That's always <laughs> hilarious. When a powerlifter thinks that powerlifting is strength conditioning. No, powerlifting is it's powerlifting. powerlifting. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And that's one way that we're influenced because we know a lot about squat bench and deadlift we think we know a lot about trans conditioning it's just not the case it's not the same thing yeah it is not um jenna jenna answered in a way that i thought was really interesting where she said not so much a who but gravitating towards ideas and people to be a better person and that I, is someone seeking influence mm -hmm. and that was really cool that was a great answer actually yeah because she understands she can come from a better place if she surrounds herself with better people and again it's having a diverse amount of people who have different thoughts, different beliefs, or different ideology than you that you can learn from, understand from, or challenge your own beliefs. So you're not influenced from another person, you're influenced from yourself. That's really key is being yeah. your own hero, influencing yourself through research and critical thought. Or even like she mentioned, like different environments and whatnot. If you have access to four different powerlifting gyms or four different gyms that you can powerlift at, around you and you're only going to one you're kind of doing yourself a little bit of a disservice because one everyone kind of has different equipment or whatever but you get a chance to be around different types of people and understand how different types of people train or what they do like what they don't like so if you have access to more than one resource around you whether that is a gym or um, training partners or whatever why are you not taking advantage of all of those mm -hmm. different types instead of just planting yourself in one and thinking that that's the only one that you can do. Right. And our, our original question was who has influenced you the most and why? And we got some interesting answers. Uh, here was one, Christian Anto, who's a friend of mine. He's a fellow powerlifting coach. Great coach. And the person responded in two different ways, but I want to read one of them. Christian Anto, because he showed me what a man is and how a father should be. That's actual influence, mm -hmm. right? He didn't really talk about the powerlifting aspect. He didn't talk about his coaching. He talked about how he acts as a man in life and how he raises his kids, which if you know Christian Anto, he stepped into an instant family. He married into a family that already had kids and raises them as their own and treats them as his own. That's how a man should be. That's how a father should be. So I thought that was a really awesome example. And kudos to Christian and kudos to uh, – 
D-D-O-B-Y-22 underscore. That was a great answer because that's someone who influenced you and how you want to live your life. That is true influence. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who influenced you in a positive way. I'll just speak on two real quick. I was influenced by my stepfather, Rob. He taught me what work ethic in the gym was. I mean, we used to leave the gym when I was 14, 15, 16, crawling out. Like literally, he taught me how to squat until I couldn't, you know, how to push past pain barriers. Because if you were in sport and you were in powerlifting, there's a lot of pain that comes with that pleasure. So when you win, it's pleasurable. When you don't win, it's painful. But the process is also very, very painful. So he taught me to go beyond that mental aspect of when it hurts, you don't quit. When it hurts is when you're just started, which is kind of like the Muhammad Ali, you know, philosophy. He's like, I don't count reps until it starts burning, (laughs) (laughs) which is always kind of like how my stepfather Rob was like, you don't count reps until it starts burning kind of philosophy. Like, okay, you got 12. There's no reason to believe you can't get 15 if you keep trying. So I would. And that was the gym work ethic I learned from him, which was really awesome. He took me on as a young age and treated me like his own son and taught me how to lift. Um, which I've gone beyond that, but he influenced me to teach others because he didn't have to do that. He took a lot of his time six days a week to do that for two hour workouts, which all brutally hurt. And the other was one of my former training partners, Mike, and I'll, I'll speak vaguely here because he wasn't always legal in what he did, but he had a hustle mindset like I'd never seen or met before. I wasn't taught financial education from my family. Uh, many of them lived in credit debt and filed for bankruptcies and the whole nine. And Mike taught me that you only have so much energy that you need to value your time exponentially mm-hmm. and that I should be charging for my time. So he was one of my training partners. He owned a gym there. He now owns multiple grow houses in California. He's a very, very successful businessman. But he was the kind of guy like we'd go out back, we'd work out. He had things that fell off a truck in, in his car, rifles, guns that were not legal. and be like, you want to buy one of these? And he's like, I'm like, no. But, <laughs> but he taught me that you maximize every opportunity you have and you value your time because if you don't value your own time, no Nobody else will either. Mm-hmm. You know, I was running myself ragged back then and giving out so much of my time of programming people for free, coaching people for free, doing things. He's like, what do you get for that? I'm like, I don't know, satisfaction. He goes, is satisfaction putting food in your son's mouth? I was like, woo. When you put it in that perspective, no. He's like, you're too tired to play with your son. You're too tired to feed your son, uh, buy things for your son, but you're helping all these people. They're buying your energy. They're buying your time. You need to be charging for that, and you need to be providing enough value for it that they feel a reason for it. And that's how I've always run my business is value first. I'm providing a value for them, and I understand that they're buying my education. They're buying my time. So he taught me that, that value ethic of my work that I need to have, that I need to be maximizing my time as much as possible and also respecting my time enough to charge people for it because those that pay, pay attention. You know, so if you're not paying for something, chances are you're vaguely paying attention and not caring. But if you are invested in me, you're also invested in your result. So you're going to do the things necessary. And that was something he taught me. That was two positive influences. Yeah, I, I really don't have that many positive influences. I met a lot of really great people recently, like within the past like four to, like four to five years that have positively influence me but nothing that nothing that stands out more than the negative I guess my positive generally always ends up being like my grandma I talked about her on previous episodes but she was 10 when I passed away so really you know I have memories of how she was and I have an idea in my head of how she was as well um so I base positive traits off of that but I also learned a lot of how not to be from her as well um but majority of you know, my family, my family and I aren't super close. I've learned a lot from my family about the type of person I don't want to be. I've learned a lot from my family about um, how I shouldn't be as a partner or as a family member or uh, the type of things that I don't want to do. I've learned way, way, way more about what I don't want to do for my family uh, than anything. And same thing with like sports coaches. I've had a lot of really, really shitty coaches that 
taught me how I don't want to be to an athlete. So that's been helpful for me in my job now is because I'm like, okay, well, this is how my volleyball coach was. I don't want to be anything like that. So let me, let me take a second and try to reassess the situation. But majority of it in my life is teaching me like, hey, I, I've been around these qualities and I've been around these personality traits. These are kind of things that I don't want to exemplify. So I won't or I work hard not to. Um, Alexis mentioned that her mom was a big influence for her. And at the end, she put like apples don't fall far from the tree and you're a product of your environment. And like you absolutely are. And I definitely do, you know, have a hard time sometimes falling into those negative traps that are based in me based off of my family. But I am way more, um, I recognize those a lot more now. So I work hard to not be like those people because I don't like those people. Yeah. I, they're not in my. They're not in my life now. I don't like them. Um, I just don't want to be like that. So that's how I base my life. If if I think that what I'm doing reminds me of someone in my family, I'm probably doing it wrong. So <laughs> I will adjust my thinking or adjust my response accordingly. And influence comes full circle when you do find someone who influences you in a positive way, so to speak. We got. You mentioned your sports coaches. Mm -hmm. And we had one here from Michael Skull and he talked about that. Um, he wrote me a long form answer to the question. It was too big for the box. And he's like, my middle school football coach was the first person to ever sit me down and tell me that I would need to put in extra effort and go the extra mile to get where I am and where I want to be. This rings true to this day and applying the concept of daily life has made success come to fruition through hard work and planning out my goals. He actually called me the other day to discuss programming and I get a combination of feelings like imposter syndrome and wow, I'm actually starting to feel recognized as knowing something, just something I've noted when people I used to look up to start asking me questions. So that influence came full circle and kudos to his uh, middle school football coach yeah. because he pulled him aside and said, hey, you have the potential, but you're not using your resources to reach your potential. You need to give this extra effort in these areas. But not only did he do that at a young age, take time to recognize someone who has potential but wasn't utilizing it. He still is connected to him, and now he, he saw Michael grow up to a point where he thinks I can learn from Michael now. There's things that Michael understands that are different from my way that he can help me make it better for the next generation of kids coming up. That's really freaking cool. Yeah, I think that's important as a coach too. Like I'm, uh, even though you know I I'm not obviously not the best coach in the world or whatever, but like I learn things from my athletes every single day. Like if they if they respond to how I've written something in a program, they're like, this doesn't make sense to me that is an indication that I should probably revisit that and like reword something or maybe the way that I'm trying to relay information isn't working for one to two people. And they're like, Hey, that kind of doesn't make sense to me. So that makes me go back and have to critically think about what it is that I'm doing and how that may not uh, translate to everyone. And I'm, I know Trevor does the same thing. Like he coaches a lot of really high level athletes, but he's still always trying to learn something. Like he has, uh, Matt Domney helping him right now with like learning. PRI, breathing yeah. positions, my own personal movement so I can relate better to the athletes and recognize positions or, or needs of that specific athlete and say, hey, you know what? I'm noticing you have a similar pattern. Why don't we try this exercise that's working for me and see how it works for you? And I just had that yesterday with Pale Ghosh. Um, it's P-A-Y-A-L, but it's actually like Pile, but I always say Pale because I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was like a terrible statement, but it's true. It looks like <laughs> it looks like payel, but it's pile. And she's having issues where she was she's oh 
all-time world record holder in sumo deadlifts. She's like, I felt all of my back today. It wasn't my hips weren't opening. And I'm like, yeah, you look like you're restricted in the hip flexors. And we tried 99 breathing and I gave her the adductor drawbacks, which is a breathing drill with rotation and pushing the back leg against the wall that Matt gave me. And she's like, wow, game changer, world of difference. I can actually feel my glutes again. So sometimes our habits become our, our position. She's a school teacher, a professor at Florida State University. So she sits at a desk all day and the hip flexors are shortening and it compromises her breathing. So by having her do that one breathing drill, night and day open her back up. And that's because I took the time to pay somebody else to teach me what I don't know. Yeah. And Those I think who pay, pay attention. Ab- yes, absolutely. That has never rang truer to me than this past <laughs> year. Um, but yeah, I mean like your, who you decide to learn from or who you decide to surround yourself with is going to influence you, uh, no matter what, it doesn't matter if you try to not have them influence you, they're going to, whether that's positive or negative or whether that helps you or hurts you is entirely up to you. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the beginning of my powerlifting career, how I was influenced probably hurt me a little bit, but it also brought me to where I'm at now. So that's okay. Um, you know, like Trevor is being positively influenced right now by someone else who's teaching him new things. So how you're allowing the people around you and how you're allowing the voices that you're reading or the voices that you're hearing on social media, uh, really dictates how you go forward with the information. So, once again, application is key. Always right. make sure that whatever information that you're applying to yourself actually applies to you and can help you. Um, and also make sure that you are understanding what it is that you're agreeing to shape your beliefs around. You know, don't just blindly follow people because they're popular on Instagram and have 20K followers or whatever it is. You know, those things, those things are not important in the long run. What is important in the long run is that you understand what it is that you're following. You understand like the modalities, you understand how you're living, you understand what these beliefs mean for you and how they apply to your life. That ultimately will get you further than just being like, wow, I'm, I'm fangirling over this power lifter because they liked my posts and now they follow me. So I'm just going to do everything they say. That doesn't help you. <laughs> that does not help you. <laughs> At the end of the day, you want to make sure that your opinion is actually your opinion. You know, it doesn't matter who it's necessarily influenced by, but just question yourself to make sure it's something that you truly believe before you pontificate about it online and how you choose to live and what you choose to say. You're going to have detractors. I've got a ton. You know, the, the bigger the notoriety you get, the more people are going to try and tear you down because that's how they develop themselves. They feed off of, you know, your positivity with their negativity. And it's it really just a matter of insecurity. Um, by pushing other people down they're trying to build themselves up but nobody sees them as building themselves up they see them as pushing other people down which shows their insecurity so just make sure that your opinion is your actual opinion if you don't believe something research it if you blindly believe something then you know you deserve the ever outcome that comes with it that's just reality i agree got anything else for me to say i don't think so i kind of ran out of my drink i'm all bummed It was delicious cotton candy bang. So basically the end of the beverage means the end of the episode. Yeah, that's about right. Mine means that the half of the beverage means the end of the episode and the rest goes in the fridge. The rest goes in the fridge. Yes. What was the expression? It's closing time. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Luckily we live here. By Semisonic. (laughs) Semisonic. Closing time. Yeah. It's a great song. It's a good one. Uh, We should probably add that to our playlist for Alexa. Oh yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yep. Are we ending this? We're ending it. That's our awkward ending. Awkward silence ending. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I never know how to end these. Okay, uh, bye.